You've selected a show from the Podcast Jukebox, a DIY podcast network. Cripple Content Creations and Podcast Jukebox present Disability After Dark, the podcast shining a bright light on disability, sexuality, and everything in between. This is a show that started out only talking about sex and disability. It was a podcast that was dedicated to exploring the ins and outs of sex and disability because we don't talk about that hardly at all. But as the show has grown, I realized that Disability After Dark could shine a light on so many other things about disability we don't talk about, and that was really exciting. So, now, this show is a show that will shine a light on the experience of disability, whether we're talking about sexuality, accessibility, or anything and everything in between. Come shine a bright light on all things disability with me, your host, Andrew Gerza. Disability After Dark with Andrew Gerza. Shining a bright light on sex and disability. This episode of Disability After Dark has been brought to you by Come As You Are. Come As You Are is Canada's only worker-owned co-op sex shop. Trans-owned and operated, Come As You Are carefully reviews and curates their selection of sex toys, books, and DVDs. Now you can get 15% off your next purchase at comeasyouare.com using coupon code AFTERDARK. Hey there, Disability After Dark listeners, Andrew here. I want to tell you all about a really awesome deal that I got from my friends and new sponsors, Adam and Eve, the number one adult toy superstore. They reached out to me and they said, Andrew, we love Disability After Dark. We love your show. We love what you're doing. And we were wondering if you wanted to run some ads for us. And I was like, fuck yes, I do. But what are my awesome listeners going to get if I run ads for you? What are they going to get out of this? And they came back with a really fantastic deal that I want to share with you right now. I hope you're getting comfy, cozy, and crippled because this deal is pretty great. If you go to AdamEve.com, you can pick out almost any item in the store, almost any one item in the store, for 50% off. That means you can get one dildo, one lube, and one thing of lingerie, if you want, for 50% off. And then, once you get that one item for half price, they throw in even more free stuff. Let me tell you all about it. Okay, so you got your one item at half price in your bag, and you're ready to go, but guess what? This offer also includes 10 free items on top of that that other item. So you get one free item for penis havers, one free item for vulva havers, one free item for couples, and then you also get six free movies from the AdamEve.com website. You can get your favorite porn or an educational film. I love free movies. They're so awesome. This is such a great deal. And then, on top of that, you also get free shipping. What could be better? This is such a great offer. So, to redeem this great offer, what you're going to do is you're going to go to AdamEve.com, 
you're going to go to checkout and you're going to type in dark pod. That's D-A-R-K-P-O-D at checkout. And you're going to get one item, almost anything in the store at 50% off. And then you're going to get those 10 free gifts, absolutely free as part of your offer. This is such a great deal. And this is just for you, Disability After Dark listeners. And I hope you run over to AdamEve.com and take advantage of it right now. Content warning. The language, content, and discussion found within this episode of Disability After Dark will be explicit. Listener discretion advised. Hello, hello, friends. Welcome to the show, friends. My name is Andrew Gerza, and I am your disability awareness consultant, your cripple content creator, and your number one queer cripple, here to shine a bright light on disability, sexuality, and everything in between on Disability After Dark. So, get comfy, cozy, and crippled, and let's get this show started. First things first, I want to give a shout-out to one of the people who who pledged to the Patreon for this show, and I want to give a shout-out to Sam Peterson, who pledged $1 a month, and the fun I have for you, Sam, is Sam you are, you can be my, <laughs> Sam, I don't have a good pun for you, but I support you in your pledge, I never said the, the puns would be good, Sam, you are, I was going to say Sam, you're the man, but that felt weird and gendered, so we're not doing that, we're going to say Sam, you are the person who who put in a donation of $1 a month to help keep the show going. Thanks, Sam. I really appreciate the donation from Sam also because it comes all the way from Australia. So thank you to the people in Australia and down under listening to my program. That means a lot. And thank you, thank you. Just thank you for all your pledges and all your support. And the emails I get from people saying the show is important to them. Just thank you, thank you. It, it, it gives me renewed kind of gusto in wanting to do this show. And sometimes I feel discouraged and I have major imposter syndrome and I'm worried about the, what it's going to be and is anyone going to listen and is it going to get the numbers that I want and all this stuff. So to get pledges from down under and all over the world and emails from that, from, from people like you listening, it means so much. So thank you. I'm a rambly, rambly, rambly mess today. But if you want to pledge to the program, you can pledge as little as $1 a month where you get a weird shout-out like that, or uh, you also get the show one day early via the Patreon. If you want to do that, go to patreon.com slash disabilityafterdark, and you can pledge as little as $1 a month or as much as $5 a month, whatever works for you. But enough rambling, now let's get to today's show, shall we? Just a tad more rambling before I forget. I want to let you know about a really cool website that I've been working with. If you've been following me on social media at the Andrew Gerza for the last few months, I've been working with Hashtag Open, which is a new dating app that looks to really connect you with people who are really passionate about dating and want to make dating and diversity something that is important on dating apps. And so 
they've really done a cool thing where they partnered with me to be an ambassador for them to talk about the importance of diversity in dating and things like, you know, uplifting people of different genders and people of different body types. And they've, they did a, they did a, they did a, they took a photo of me and made it part of their branding to show off more disabled people in their branding. And they, it was, they're doing really cool stuff. And they're just kind of getting off the ground and they're just kind of like beginning all their things. So I highly recommend that if you want to be a part of Hashtag Open, which is a really, really cool, inclusive, passionate dating app about body diversity and all those things, you should use my code and go to hashtag open.com slash Andrew and you can use my code to check out the site and see if it works for you. Also, they've done some really cool things with me where they've asked me to talk to them about accessibility. So if you go on there and you are a person with disabilities and you think that the app is not really working, not that accessible for you right now, go on the site and let me know and I can let them know and we can work to make it more accessible for you. But uh, check it out. Hashtag open. Okay, now really, on with the show. On today's episode, I sit down with Nina G, author and stand-up comedian, talking about her life as a stutterer. She recently wrote a book called Stutterer Interrupted, The Comedian Who Almost Didn't Happen. We have a really fun chat where she reveals things like, did you know Marilyn Monroe was a stutterer? And she tells some of her dating stories as a stutterer. She talks about how stuttering can both help and hinder her stand-up comedy, but mostly help. Um, And we just have a really fun chat about that kind of stuff. She was so fun to talk with, and it was such a genuine, awesome chat. I'm so glad that we could shine a light on stuttering on this episode. I I was so happy to have her, and you should really check her out. But here's our interview right now with Nina G, the Stutter Interrupted, right here on Disability After Dark. Nina G, hello. Hey, Andrew, how are you? Good, I'm so excited to have you here. Thanks for coming on Disability After Dark today. Um, I just love that you're here because I love what you do and I love seeing all your things on social media and I'm just really excited to have you here because you're the first person with a stutter that I've had on the show. Really? The first one? Okay. The very, very first one. So I am so honored. I am so honored. So thank you. I'm honored to have you here. So before we get into the the nitty gritty of the coolness of why you're here, um, why don't you introduce yourself? Well, my name is Nina G, and I am a comedian and author of the newest book, so Stutter Interrupted, The Comedian Who Almost Didn't Happen, as well as a children's book called well, Once Upon an Accommodation. And I do a lot of professional speaking and comedy and all that stuff. So that's oh what God. I do. I love the name of your kid's book. That's so awesome. Uh-huh, thank you. <laughs> and so I just want to I wanted to talk about that for a little bit like what is the kids book talk about? Um it is about Math Matt who is the main character who finds out that he has a learning di- disability and he learns what that is and how to advocate and it has really great illustrations by my 
by by one of my be- best friends, Mean Dave. Um, and they're just like really um, simple, cystic figures, but also detailed at the same time. I classify his illustrations as a punk rock R- Richard Scary, if you know his yeah. children's books. Okay, so it's like that. That's awesome. That's like I just think it's cool because there are so few kids' books about disability, and that's just so awesome. Yeah, and also part of the book is in my community, in the learning disabled community, which I have dyslexia and central auditory processing issues and stuff like that. But a lot of times we separate ourselves from the larger disability community because I think we're kind of trained to think that, well, we... it's not like we can't walk. It's not like we can't see. We can do all of these things. Is it really a di- disability? And not looking at it from a political identity. Yeah. And so the yeah. book hopefully educates kids and their parents and their teachers that there were activists who gave them their rights. Totally. And that, like, as I say so many times on this show, disability doesn't look like one way. It can look a lot of different ways all at once. Exactly. Yes. All at once. Yes. All at once. Um, speaking of disability, can you tell us about your disabilities and how they affect your day-to-day life? Sure. So I stutter and I have dyslexia and other language-based learning to disabilities and like I you know with the learning disabilities there's like so many nuances in the brain and in functioning and all of that stuff that you know it's I just say uh, LD and dyslexia but it's a little bit of everything so like my central auditory processing um is an issue even still it was more when I was a kid I was a very late talker because I I always explain it as Ch- Charlie Brown's t- t- teacher and how does Charlie Brown's teacher talk? Are you old enough to know? Yeah, like what, 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 like that. Yes, 19-year-olds don't know that. <laughs> and so, <laughs> which which bums me out so much. Um, and so that is what it's like sometimes to have an auditory processing issue is that you like know the words and you can hear the intonation and you get some of it, but you don't always get all the words. Um, so like I was really, that, that, that's why when I texted you this morning, I was like, Hey, you want to meet? Um, I was like, Oh, I hope my verbal processing works and let me go get some caffeine first and, and stuff like that. So that is one aspect. Uh, my dyslexia impacts me when I read and when I write. Um, so spelling, you know, a lot of times I have to check it on my iPhone or something. Uh, and then for my stutter, um, it affects me when I talk. <laughs> and so the pretty obvious. And f- people always think that the stutter is more of a disability or like is the bigger one. Yeah. Um, and the dyslexia is totally the bigger one. I think people just think because they have to deal with with my stutter that that is the one that impacts me the most, but my dyslexia does. I think it's so telling what you just said. You said that people have to deal with my stutter. Like I just think like that's that 
I get it, and I get why you would say that, but also, like, as somebody with also, like, complex disabilities, I don't fucking care if you have to deal with my stuff. Like, like Exactly. I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, and that is the thing, is that they think that that is more my issue when it's their more issue. It, it is their issue and not my issue. Yeah, like, like so, but I'm, I'm curious, and I'm curious if you know any like, part of the, the, the like, disability part of your stutter is that connected to the auditory processing part oh okay so it's all in the same ish area of the brain so it's all on the left side of the brain it is in the language processing part of the brain um from like i've never gotten an mri but just from what i know on dyslexia and what i know about stuttering and stuttering is it's near it right now, you know, could change next week. But um, (laughs) what we know now (laughs) is that it's right next door to Broca's area that we have a difference there. And Broca's area is expressive part of the brain. That's why when we talk, we stutter. But when we sing, we don't. And my favorite example of this, because also when we use intonation, we don't stutter as much. Um, and my favorite example of this is Marilyn Monroe. And did you know that she stuttered? I did not know. I had no idea that she stuttered. Yes. And that is why she talked like this. Because if you talk like this, you can bypass the left side of your brain and talk from the right side of your brain. And that's why, and, and that's why she talked that way. And that's why I also call her like like she she is like the OG self, which is a a stutterer. I'd like to fuck, <laughs> and I can say that here. I can't say that anywhere else. Oh my god, that's my new favorite acronym of anything ever. Thank you. I made it up. That's amazing. Can your <laughs> can your next book be called Self? <laughs> oh yes, please. Can we do a stuttering sex book? And can it be called that, please? Please. Yes, it needs to be. I I will help you crowdfund that. Whatever we gotta do. <laughs> yes, please. Um, no, but I had no idea that she stuttered, and that kind of makes me almost like her work more because I'm like, oh, you're one of us. Like, welcome to the fold. Yeah, no, and you can watch some of the interviews with her, and you can tell she's really trying to think about what she's going to say so that she doesn't stutter. So she's trying to find words, and she's trying to play with her voice. And she didn't know any of this brain stuff. She just worked around it. No, because it was like the 50s, right? So like there would be there was no research to really give her this, too. No, 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 no. They thought, you know, it was... Because of trauma or because she was anal retentive and anal sadistic because that's what they thought in like the 20s and the, the 30s. Yeah. So. I'm also curious because when I was younger, when I was a kid, I stuttered a lot. I had a big speech impediment when I was younger. Like I had, I was shy, I was awkward, I was quiet and I stuttered a lot. So when you were younger, did you, was that something you tried? Did you go to like speech therapy and try to, try to fix the stutter? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and my speech, like I've always had, for the most part, I had re- really good speech th- therapists and one in particular, Elaine, um, she, you know, taught me some, 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 some speech tools. And one of them was to talk like this. 
which like sure i'm not gonna stutter but (laughs) i talk like this and so which is not my natural way to talk and um and so you know that 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 was eventually uh, abandoned uh but you know there are times when i might kind of work that into my speech but but the thing that i really liked that she did was she once introduced me to another girl in her practice who stuttered and for me the biggest thing has been to have that intervention and to have that community and the community of people who stutter was really like the pivotal point in my life where I was able to look at it in a different way. Yeah, I remember, I just remember feeling so much shame about it when I was a kid and, and being told that I, that I had to, you know, speak loudly, speak forcefully, don't do that. (laughs) And so like, so it's yes. I would have. I think I would have loved to have found a community of kids who stuttered because maybe that would have changed how I felt about it when I was a kid. Well, and and there are those communities now. There is Camp Say, S A Y, which is a drama camp for kids who stutter, as well as Friends, uh, which is an organization that has a conference every year, and also the Na- National Stuttering uh, Association. They have um, a conference every year, but there's also lo- lo- local chapters. So there's lots that are out there now where I didn't have that when I was a kid, and I would have loved it. Yeah, I didn't have it either, and that would have been so great. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so in your work and in your book, you talk a lot about how teasing and bullying from others because of your stutter kind of informed how you saw the world. Can you kind of tell me more about that? Yeah. So in my books, uh, stutter interrupted the comedian who almost didn't happen. Um, Shameless plug, shameless plug. Yes, exactly. And and you'll hear that again and again and again during this podcast. Uh, So uh, yeah, there are, there have been times people have bullied me both in school, but also in like everyday life. And, you know, there are the microaggressions that you get. And uh, and even now, like, there's an example that I have when, you, you know, like, sometimes I, like, my goal in life is to not even think about my stutter. And there are those times when, like, you're just out and you're just having fun. And, like, once I was at a bar talking to a guy who, who I just met and he asked me my name and I stuttered on it. And like, it was so great because I didn't even know that I stuttered on it. Um, Because, you know, a lot of times there's like a little cloud over my head saying I am stuttering and I wonder what the other person thinks and And, and at this point when I was talking to him, I was not in that state. And then that's when he asked me if I forgot my name because I stuttered on it. And it was like, oh, you just reminded me that I'm not like everyone else. So, you know, internally I said, fuck you. But externally I made fun of him for looking like the vaudeville guys in in the family guy. (laughs) So, because he had like a hipster mustache, you know. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Um, People like that's just so... I mean, and that takes dating to a whole new level because when we date people and when we want to, like, get into it with somebody, our form of communication is, like, talking and is, like, that kind of stuff and being funny and being flirty. And so, like, how does 
st- aside from that example, how does stuttering play into all of that? And how, or how does all your disabilities play into like trying to be a flirty, sexy, dateable person? Yeah, it's rough. <laughs> and and so I am married now. Everything is fine. You know, okay, I, don't, I, I I'm like, you know, like, like all that is there now. But in the past, it, it lots there. And so um, let me take a stab at it in multiple ways. I mean, I think one of the pivotal things for me was I dated a guy who stuttered. And I realized how much I was holding back and flirting with guys because I didn't want to stutter at them. And when I dated him, it was like, oh, well, you know, we're all on the same page. Everything's cool. And I was free to flirt in the way that was most natural without that being blocked. Um, and so it kind of changed that and it really showed me that with future guys who had, had, had stuttered or not, I needed to, to engage in that way more. So when you, when you were like trying to hold back with it, with somebody and, and not, and not stutter as much and not show the disability as much, which is something all of us with disabilities go through trying to like find a way to make it cool and hide it a little bit. And that's the thing we all do when we're trying to like, we're trying to be disabled and trying to fuck somebody. It's yeah. Yeah. So like how, in what ways did you like try to hide the stutter? How do you, how do you do that? You know, it was just more of holding back and not talking as much and just being a good listener or, um, just like kind of going along with the conversation instead of inserting things into it and not really being forthright with what I wanted to say. So like a lot of silent, sexy head nods, like, mm-hmm, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, right, yeah. Yeah, no, and, 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 and I wish I could say they were like sexy head nods in like, <laughs> in like an Anne Margaret kind of way, you know, like in, yeah. in Las Vegas. She just did all these facial expressions. It wasn't, you know, I'm I'm a really bad flirt. I, you know, I just tend to make fun of the guys who I'm trying to flirt with, which doesn't, which is not great. Um, I mean, but as a comedian, I'm sure it gives you a lot of, I'm sure it gives you a lot of material, though. No, totally, completely. <laughs> um, and, you know, with, with the dating stuff, after I dated a guy who's stuttered, I realized, like, okay, I have to change this up. And so when I was dating online, which um, was, you know, like, I hate online t- dating. It was awful in so many ways, especially in the Bay Area, um, that... Uh, that I, 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 so I treated it like a job because if you apply for a job, you don't say that you have a disability because there's too much discrimination out there. So I would tell the person that I stuttered once I made, once I made the date. So I would make the date. Okay, and then I'd say, oh, by the way, I stutter. Here's some information on how to talk to a person who stutters. Because my whole thing was, was like, they're not paying me. Fuck you. I'm not going to tell you how to talk to a person who stutters. I, I only do that if I'm getting paid or if I'm doing comedy. If not, you have to learn that on your own. 
Yeah. Uh, and so, like, they kind of had a weird response to that because they got, like, a how-to manual upon ma- making a date. <laughs> Um, and then I was talking to my uh, psychologist about this and, 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 and I was like, yeah, so I sent him this how to thing. He's like, you're what, what, huh? And I'm all, I'm not talking to them. They have to learn on their own. And my therapist was like, no, Nina, you need to talk to them about it. You're, you, you have to explain it. You have to engage in this. And he used himself as an example. He is African American. He is married to a white w- woman, and he told me how how he would have to explain to her what it's like to be an African American man, yeah. and how he does how how he didn't share the same kinds of privilege, and how that conversation had to happen constantly. And for me to say go and learn it on your own was not the best way to do it. I have to agree with him. I, I used to be of the mind where, like, oh, I have CP. You can just fucking Google it, Google it, figure it out, find it. And it's like, no, because every disability is so unique to every single person. And it's like, if I give you a how-to manual on how to, you know, date a disabled person or date a setter or uh, this kind of stuff, like, um, it, it, they're only going to learn pieces of it. They're not going to learn how it affects you. No, exactly. Exactly. But you get so tired of having to explain yourself all the time. And that's where, especially with online dating, because you just don't know what their experiences are. And that's why I was very lucky to eventually meet a comedian who I started doing comedy with over a few months, who I eventually dated and who I eventually married. Because he already knew how to react to my stutter because we were friends. We He had seen my act uh, enough to know what not to say. Um, so it worked out. That's awesome. That's like, and I think too, like, I just, it's so frustrating for me to hear you say like, people know how to react to my stutter because they like, fuck off. You have a stutter. Like, like it, you know what? It just pisses me off because, like, I'm talking to you right now. We've been talking now for 20 minutes. And, yes, I know it's there, but I'm not like, oh, my God, she's stuttering. Oh, my God, it's ruining. Like, uh, Come on. No. And when you approached me a few months ago and said I want to be on your show, my first thought wasn't, oh, no, she stutters. It's going to ruin the medium. <laughs> right? Right. I mean, and, and, like, Howard Stern has had us on for, for decades because – it is an interesting way to talk. So, you know, the, it it's it's not totally unheard of, but because it's represented so badly in, in the media that it's always a thing and it doesn't need to be a thing. It could just be there. Yeah, exactly. What are some of your least favorite media representations of stutters? Mm, well, we are always either killing someone or killing ourselves. Oh. Um, so, like, um, talking about Elvis films, I, I mentioned Viva Las Vegas. In his very last film, which is Change of Habit, which is just, like, it's, like, if you like kind of tacky films, it's a great film because he plays a doctor who, like, Elvis is a doctor. Like, first of all, that's hilarious. Yeah, like, I can't even picture that. 
<laughs> yeah, no, I know. And, and and he is a doctor in a poor area where he's the only white person. So it's like a whole white savior thing. Yeah. And it's Elvis being a white savior. Like that's that's also hilarious. And Mary Tyler Moore is a nun. And she is a speech therapist. And there's one scene where Elvis and her cure a girl of autism because Elvis just hugs her and loves her. What? <laughs> I on. know. Hold on. Wait a minute. What? <laughs> Elvis cures uh, autism. And <laughs> it is the most ridiculous scene. Um, and like, he's just, okay, I, uh, I love you. I love you. I love you. And it just hugs the kid until she's cured. Um, wow. So that, yes, yes. And so that, and so that kind of g- gives you like an overview, like, 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 like the tone of this. And then uh, Mary Tyler Moore as a speech therapist, therapist is seeing a young man who stutters who you know eventually tries to kind of rape her like it's a little ambiguous but also oh. try and try, tries to kill her and so there are many representations that like oh you know it's it's the disabled person has this e- evil streak because they can't it, it express themselves and they're bitter about their own life so they have to kill someone fuck do people <laughs> do people ever like think that you have like a bad part of you because you're a stutterer um, I think so as a woman, because almost all representations of people who stutter are almost all men and they're and the ones that are positive or like the ones that kind of get into the media are white men, because my own personal opinion is that TV producers and movie producers think that people's heads will explode if you have more than one intersectionality. So <laughs> Always white dudes, always white dudes who stutter, um, and you know, and I think that goes for a lot of the di- disability imagery, um, and so, um, what what did you ask? I, I, I asked, um, distracted by my anger. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> that's a possible title for this episode. Two titles have come up so far, and the first one is Sylph. And the second one is, I got distracted by my bag. <laughs> <laughs> um, I asked you, do you think, do, do people assume that you have, like, that you're, like, mm. evil or, or evil? That sounds weird to say, but you're, like, a bad yeah. person because you stutter? They think that, okay, so once I was getting a massage, and I always have them do my cheeks because... Um, there's a lot of tension there because when you talk a lot and when you stutter a lot, it, there's a lot of exercising of that area. Yeah. So I always have that done. And there was once a woman who was like, and she was like super hippie. This was in Calistoga, which is like Saratoga or um, if you're in New York or Hot Springs in Arkansas. But it's even like more new agey than those areas. Okay. And she's like, you know, you know, I singing is good for the soul and people who <laughs> sing don't stutter. <laughs> And so, like, is oh, so something's wrong with my soul? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> wow, wow! It's like when I was twelve, and somebody came up to me and was like, 
my mom and I were at a resort in Florida. I'm not sure if I've told this story before, but we were at a resort in Florida, and we were hanging out. And this woman walks up to my mom and I and goes, I do Reiki, and if I touch you, you'll be cured. <laughs> and my mom and I were just like, what? No, you can't touch. You're a stranger. You can't touch me. No. Yeah. No, and, and like, I just got that recently that somebody, like, it was, you know, sometimes he's come in spurts where, like, one week I had someone say, you know, homeopathy works. And I'm like, what? Like, I'm supposed to do a, a, a neti pot and that's supposed to cure me? Like, you know, like, what does homeopath have to do at all about stuttering? And she's like, well, you just don't know the research on it. And I, I'm like, you know, if, if, if this existed, believe me, the stuttering world would be all the fuck over it yeah and then someone that same time um he he uh, i had met him through some um thing and he had um he 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 was also kind of a homeopath new age energy worker type and he knew that I stuttered and he pulled me aside. He's like, you know, I, I think we could work on our problems to together. And I was like, I, I, I don't really have a problem. And also I think your dick is what you want involved in this. <laughs> like your dick is not going to cure me oh. and I'm good. Um, so many things to unpack there. Wow. Yes. I had a, and, and, and I have a feeling this is a place to unpack those. Yes. Yes, it is. Um, <laughs> but before we unpack all that stuff, I want to talk about your comedian, which I think is great and awesome. And I've saw, I've, I did my research on you and I, I love your stuff. Um, tell me about how, oh, and now that I know you have multiple disabilities, I'm going to change the question a bit. Tell me about how all your disabilities enhances your they how they enhance your comedic tone so how does the stutter help your comedy how does the dyslexia help your comedy or do they uh, um i think like first and foremost is um i get to the point more than most comics I think a lot of times comedians kind of meander when they are writing new material and and I do not meander at all because in part because with my dyslexia, uh, I, I'm kind of a bottom line kind of person and I can cut to that pretty quickly, which I think is helpful in comedy. And also with the stutter, you start to become very economical in what you say, or at least I do some, some people who stutter don't. And because talking has been a struggle for me in the past, I get to the point a little bit more than most people, especially c comics, I think. So does that change? Like, like, like you've done, you've done like stand-up sets and stuff. So does that change how you like, cause when I'm picturing stand-up, I picture the person like walking back and forth on the, on the stage and like taking pauses to, to think about, to deliver the line. Does that, does the setter change how you do your delivery? Um, yes. Sometimes yes. Because I think, um, there like, and this is where I will write my joke. I will come up with a joke, but then I have to 
open mic it a lot to know where I'm going to stutter. Um, and certain spots, a stutter can punctuate a punchline. Sometimes it can mess it up. And so um, th- that's why I go to open mics a lot to know how it's going to come out yeah. and to see if I need to make any adjustments there. And so do you, so yeah, I was just going to ask you, do you use your stutter as like a comedic thing? And, and it sounds like you do at points. Is it hard? Can you write a stutter and do a joke? Um, the only one that I have written it into, I mean, there's the, there are a couple and I can them here. Um, one is I, okay, so I can say fucking right now, but if I put a word in front of it, it it may make me stutter on the word fucking. So just like right there, that combination of words made me stutter more. And I have a joke that goes, I have a rule that I don't fake my stuttering and I don't fake my orgasms no matter how long either of those two things take. And and sometimes they can both take hella fucking long. And that is a natural stutter right there. And I know that if I say hella and fucking, I'm going to stutter in that combination of words. So you, wow. I never, like, that's kind of cool. I like cool in a way that like you can use it as part of your comedy. Is there moments where... You're trying to tell the joke and you're trying to deliver it like without the stutter and the stutter just pops up and you're like, oh, fuck, how do I? Shit. Well, and so sometimes I I will quote somebody who doesn't stutter and I just and and, and like the whole thing is, is okay. so once I was on a radio show and a woman called up and said that she has a friend who stutters, but she found true love and now she doesn't stutter anymore. Ew. Ew! Come on, really? Because Andrew penis cures everything. I mean, don't you know I mean, that by now? I do know. I, I mean, you're not wrong. It does cure lots of things, but also it fucks up a lot of things too. <laughs> yes, and so that's like me saying uh, if a dude fucked me hard enough, I would walk tomorrow. That's not gonna happen. No, but that's what, like, like once after a show, a guy came up to me and he said that I stutter because I'm having the wrong kinds of orgasms. What? How much, f- how much no, fucking misogyny? Then, like, oh, wow. <laughs> no, no, no. Listen, listen, listen. And then I was like, well, what do you mean by that? And he, and he was like, anal sex. <gasps> That that would cure it, which like, by the way, this this would be an intervention that the Freudians would like because they said we were anal retentive and anal sadistic because our words are like our poop. It's like we had verbal constipation. So like there is something and like this guy, he had no idea about Freud. He was just some weirdo. But. Um, yeah, yeah, no, I totally got that once. And I was like, I, I, I don't think you stutter through that orifice. I don't know. Yeah, how, like, how I don't think I've stuttered through my asshole when I was a kid either. Like, wow. No. What? No. Why do people, people, wow. <laughs> so I think the title for this episode might have to be, I don't think you stutter through that orifice. <laughs> <laughs> 
I would love that. Not even gonna lie, that's that's a top contender of the three right now. Um, <laughs> um, so I'm curious though about about orgasms and sex. One of the one of the stories you wrote in your book that I read over and over again because I thought it was my it's my favorite story in your book. Um, you tell a story about a time you had butted a date to get over a stutter. Can you share that story? That I what? Headbutted your date. Oh, right. Yeah. No, it was just, it was the first time someone tried to kiss me in high school. And it wasn't really because I so stuttered. It was just because I just didn't know what to do. <laughs> and so... <laughs> <laughs> And, and, and okay, so I'm there. I'm sitting with this guy who we just went out to the movies. Um, I'm like 16, 17, whatever. Um, and we are watching a Woody Allen film because um, I was a really big Woody Allen fan, but that didn't work out so well. Yeah, right. Um, I mean, oh, wow. Uh, and, um, and so he, so he turns to me and he, and he puts his thumb on my chin to like, you know, aim for, for, for a kiss. And he's all, you're the sweetest girl I know. Or is, is some bullshit like that. I was like, sweet girl. Like, what the fuck? Like, like, even though like, I kind of liked him, I was like, this is such a line. I can't fall for this. Yeah. Um, but you know, I like I should have kissed him anyway. Like, like that would have been fine because that would have been like an impulse thing to do, and that would have been fine. But um, instead, I yelled out "headbutt" and I headbutted him. Was <laughs> it like a of, hard headbutt? Was it like? It wasn't a hard one. Like I've I have headbutted like my brother's friend Johnny Franco. Um, once I headbutted him so hard, and and like I was fourteen, he was twenty. And it, and he cried like <laughs> like wow. like I made Johnny Franco cry because I headbutted him so hard. So it wasn't as hard as that, but it was awkward. Yeah. It was awkward as hell. Yeah, I don't know how you recover from like. Okay, you don't. You don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, do you have any other like hilarious dating stories with your sweater that you could share? Mm. Oh, yeah, let's see. Other hilarious d- dating s- stories. Um, you know what? I'm going to think of some, and then we will talk about those when they come up. Yes, awesome. Okay, um, okay. I do want to ask, we, <laughs> we we made jokes about how you don't stutter out of your, out of your orifices, but I do want to ask you, because you mentioned earlier that, like, singing helps you to or like talking at a different pitch helps you to offset the stutter when you when you're having sex and you're like aroused does that change the propensity for you to stutter at all or like are you thinking about that when you're getting yeah you know it is i mean if you're talking like this like you know it's like like if you're you know like i well first of all I think probably because I'm dyslexic, I'm not super verbal when, like, it is hard to be verbal and orgasmy at the same time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and so, yeah, no, and this is a really good question because, like, who else gets to talk about a language processing disability and sex? I mean, let's and, like, go. I'm here for it. Let's go. Yeah, this is great. And so, like, 
the stutter really isn't the issue in that in that situation it's the dyslexia because like i'm not processing language at that point i'm just trying to engage in what i'm trying like i as as a stuttering dyslexic dirty talk is probably not my thing because i have to process the physical before the verbal yeah so if you wanted to say like hey i want to fuck you you, you would have to consider like Am I going to stutter because of the word I say before fuck or? Yeah, no. Well, and, 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 and it's even before that, it's more of a cognitive thing of like, um, I, I like, cause processing language is such an ordeal sometimes. Like if it, like the more things that are going on in my head, the harder it is to process language. And if things are going on in my body and my mind, then like I just kind of want to give a language a rest because it's an extra thing. Yeah, you constantly have to navigate in your everyday world outside of sex. You have to navigate like, how am I saying this? How is the person perceiving what I'm yeah. saying? Like, do I look, do I look quote unquote normal, which is ridiculous anyway, but we all go through that, yeah. that weird internalizationism. So I'm sure when you're having sex, you want to just shut that part of your brain off for a second yeah. And just enjoy the moment, yeah? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, no, I, and and that is, yeah. And that's, you know, and maybe if I was with someone who really liked dirty talk or something, that, you know, that would be different. But, like, it's, it's also, like, I don't need to process what is being said and to respond. <laughs> like, that is such a heavy linguistical thing. That like you know I like I get enough of that every day. Let's just give it a rest right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, I am curious though. Does has stuttering or all of your disabilities together have they affected how you process and understand consent or how people understand how you want consent to happen? Um, for me, um, like there. So my mom nailed consent into me at a very early, early age, in part because there was some sexual abuse in our family that never happened to me. But she made sure that sexual that like consent was a big thing, probably overdid it. Also, I am Italian Catholic. And uh, <laughs> so it's already built in already it's built already- in. Yes, it's already built in. And and probably like um consent like like I there is a line where there is consent. Oh, so it's just like that freaking song that everyone gets so mad about. Um ba- ba- baby, it's cold outside. Yeah. Like it, the kids are like, oh, my God, she's saying no. And he keeps saying yes. In that song, she is also saying, I really want to stay, but everybody's telling me that I can't. She has no consent e- either way. Yeah. And people lose that because they don't understand how women were raised to not have control over their bodies for for fun or for not fun. Um, and, and, and I think for me, um, the issues around consent are, um, you know, like I, I didn't have consent 
well, like I had, like I can, I, I fought it off even though I didn't want to fight it off. I think, can you, can you clarify that one more time for me? That like, I probably did not engage in, 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 in flirting, in sex, in a lot of things at certain times in my life because I was, I, I, I was so, um, I, I was trained to kind of keep things at, at, at bay for my own safety. Yeah. It's like that thing that I learned when I was seven years old to keep away perverts who might be, um, around, um, that, that overgeneralized to my adult and my adolescence sex life. Yeah. And that headbutt is a good example of that. <laughs> isn't, it, isn't it kind of scary that all the perverts you were told to keep away from seem to keep coming up to you after shows and saying, I can, I can fuck your stutter right out of you. Exactly. Right. Right. Like, they, they always, they're always around. Do you think, I, I do have a question about like, like sexism. A little bit. Do you think if you were a man with a stutter, your, it would be perceived differently? Oh, hell yeah. Yes. And so there is this thing that happens that sometimes, and I don't know about other women's experiences. And I think because I am a comedian, I think men think they can take liberties with me that they don't necessarily take with other women. So I don't know if this is specific to me. And what they they like flirt in this way that is a little bit like 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 jokey, but also kind of like uh, like it doesn't have any boundaries either. So it comes off as um, like I I don't want to say rapey because I don't think that that is the word, but it's a little bit creepy, creepy, cre- creepy is a good word. I would um, say it's like rape ish. Like, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean like, I don't want to like, um, use that word necessarily. Cause it's not like, I think we over, overuse the word rape because, um, there is a continuum and, and it's not, you know, it's, it's far, far, far from that continuum. Right. Um, but there is a boundary that it, 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 it is an aggressive sexual thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and just like the guy with the orgasm, I, I don't know if he was hitting on me or not. Like, I, you know, if someone kind of offers you anal sex, um, that could be flirting. I don't know, but like there is an aggressive part of that. Um, and, and it's weird. And, and I think it is in part because I'm a comic. Cause I think they think they can get away with stuff. It's kind of like, um, w- women who are s- s- strippers, like men think they can get away with stuff with them. Yeah. And uh, no, you need to respect everybody no yeah. matter what their job is. Totally. And like I can imagine when you you've just finished a set, you're like now that I understand a little bit about how your disability works from what you've told me, you just finished a set, you've done all that language processing, you've done all that, you're tired, your body is fucking tired, and then some guy like saunters up to you, he's like, hey, 
I can fix that with my dick. Like, what? <laughs> well, and this particular guy, he was with three other women, and they just looked at him and were like, um, you saw her set, right? Because she's going to make fun of you now. Like, <laughs> you just gave her material, and I was just like, oh, my God, oh, my God. Like, it, it is hard to respond because you're just in shock over the weirdness. Yeah, so weird. Like... Why, dude? Why? Why? <laughs> um, what do you think? What is one thing about your starter that makes you like what? Because you're a comic and things are fun, like things are funny for you, and and you obviously use a lot of your personal experiences and your like observational humor to find that funny. What part of your starter makes you laugh? Mm. I mean, I think the part is is the reaction from others. Um, like I just did a book reading in Calistoga, um, and, and it went great. It was awesome. But the newspaper had an article that was titled author, comedian, former stutterer. It said former stutterer in the title. There was nothing that even alluded to me not stuttering anymore. But they, but they assumed that if like someone is writing a book on stuttering, they must have had to have stopped. Oh. <laughs> and, and like, like that is just so strange. It is so outrageous. That like I, so I totally have to make fun of it. Like, yes, yes. It, it's, it's why do you have to overcome it? You didn't overcome anything. You just you have a stutter and no, and, and like it's just like it, it, it's just like a total assumption based off of everything. And like I have to make fun of that. I don't know how I'm gonna make fun of it, but I have to make fun of it. Other than online, of course, of course. Well, find a way to put it in your set somewhere. Yeah, um, exactly. Um. Is there a part about your stutter that you like? Is there something that you like? Is there a part of being someone who stutters and having multiple dis multiple like processing disabilities that may that are you proud of? You know, I think for the dyslexia, the um, obvious thing is that I see things in a very different way, and even sometimes when I hear things wrong, I hear a funnier version than than what was actually said. And so I think it helps my creativity. And then for the stutter, it's just my community. And the community of people who stutter is super amazing. And, I, you know, I have friends from all over the world. And I've been invited to keynote at world conferences. And I've had some of my sayings translated into Korean and into Hebrew and it's just um, incredible to have that community and that's why I call them and we use this word in the community we call each other family like, oh, I like that so much. family is yeah. that cute oh it's adorable yeah. it's so cute um, <laughs> I did have a question about when you were writing the book did your did 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 you stuttering like did that change how you wrote the book? Did that change kind of how you like because when you because of all the processing stuff you told me, I'm curious. Did it make it like did it slow down the process? Did it speed up Ugh. the process? 
Yeah, I mean, writing a book, having dyslexia was a whole thing. Oh, my God. And, like, part of it was, like, there were the detailed things. Like, um, writing in, like, my tenses from one sentence to the other do not stay consistent. So I had editor and uh, number one who's my friend mean dave and he is just good in grammar and he would go through and he would fix the grammar and then i would send that to uh, editor number two who is my friend jesse and then he would make it sound more coherent and he would help me with like the organization of the chapters because it was hard for me to kind of put the chapters in a in an order because I would kind of forget what I wrote here and then there and all that. Yeah. And, yeah. Then, and then finally having a second or, or a third editor um, who really went through the, the grammar and that kind of stuff for one more read and then sending it off to the publisher who had another editor. So I, I was edited so many times in this book and I, it's something that I could not have done myself. No, I think, no, I, I think that think anybody when they're anybody. in a book needs a team, but, I, but I'm glad that you had a team that understood what your needs were and could help you to, 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 to create a, a piece that, enhance those needs as opposed to we're like oh we can't talk about that like i love how it's a book about your life as a stutterer because it's, it's such a rarity like i don't i've never seen that on on bookshelves before like and when i got it and when i read it through i was like this is such an important thing well thank you i do appreciate that and i hope um that you could relate to it as someone who has cp or so you know just p people from a diverse group of experiences can relate to it in whatever way totally and i i hope that that people listening to this can use this, this experience to know also that like people who stutter can do shit like they can yeah like they can do and for those of you out there who do stutter who are listening like look look you can do stuff and it's okay <laughs> <laughs> you can no matter but you know like sometimes we don't always because we don't see that a lot a lot of times our stories are represented in the media by like oh look they sang and now they're fluent isn't this wonderful and fluency 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 and we don't need to like we can create something that is not within the realm of a network TV show or, you know, like I did a hybrid publisher where I put some of the money up and they couldn't really tell me what to say and what to do. Amazing. And I purposely wanted that because I didn't want to be seen as an inspiration. Yeah. I want people to be inspired to not be assholes, but it's not like, oh, she's such an inspiration. Um, and also I wanted to say the word fuck a lot. And so that is also why I chose the publisher that I could. This is a podcast where you can say that a lot, so if you feel the need to to say it anymore. Amazing, amazing. Um I do have a question about one one question about sex when we were talking, I was thinking. Just to So the asshole that's uh, that said if he fucked you if he fucked you up the ass he would cure your stutter. When you when you do have orgasms, does that like because your body is relaxed 
more. Mm-hmm. Does it change your propensity to stutter? Like, does it make you relax more? Or is, is that not at all connected? Good question. Now, first, okay, so I have a joke about this. Let's go. Which is, yes. So so I'm going to tell you my joke, and then I'm going to tell you the real thing. Okay. Um, so people ask me, do I stutter when I orgasm? And what a lot of people don't know is that when you stutter and you're alone, then you don't stutter anymore. So the answer is no. <laughs> so you got, like, because the guy doesn't know how to get you off. Hilarious. Yeah. Okay. So there's that because because we usually don't stutter when we're alone. Or for me, I will still stutter on some words, but I'll stutter less. And so there is that aspect there. But in terms of orgasms and like everybody who stutters is totally different. And yeah. Yeah. and it's not like we have a session on this at the national stuttering association. Like what do you happen? What, what happens to your speech when you stutter? Um, and for me, it, it, it is, I stutter consistent with how I've been stuttering that, that, that week. Okay. And for some people when they're high, they stutter less or so they say, um, what I think it is for for some of us that we care less in those situations. Yeah, yeah. So you can relax. You can relax into it more and not give a fuck if you start or not. Yeah, yeah. It's already you know. Yeah, it's it's just there. So, is there a part of study? I almost said studying. Is there a part of stuttering that you? want to shine shine a bright light on because the show is called Disability After Dark and I do want to talk about the things we don't talk about around disability. Is there a part of that experience you wish more people understood that they don't? Yeah, I, I mean, I think the big thing is, and, you know, this hasn't been an issue here and I didn't even imagine that it would be, but that a lot of times people try to substitute words in for you and that is so not helpful. I so would just never. let us finish this. I know, I know. Like that was so not I like I didn't even think that that would be an issue and it's not an issue. This is how conversations with someone who stutters ought to be. Yeah. Well, thank you. I, I and I, I have I have another colleague who works in the arts who has a significant stutter and I will be honest, there were times when we were doing stuff where I would where I would put a word in and uh, over the years of working with him I've been like no no you can't mm-hmm. do it you just have to sit and wait and you know what it is I think people are impatient people generally <laughs> need to sit and fucking wait yes and and of course there is a cultural component too I don't know what your cultural background is what is it if I don't mind Jewish Jewish, Jewish. okay so Italians and Jews we finish each other's sentences yeah. Like that is just a cultural thing, and that and 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 from a cultural point of view, I don't mind if you finish my sentence, but I know when it's culture, and I know when it is impatience. Can you and how do you? Because I don't even know how do you discern that. How do you discern if it's a cultural thing or if it's impatience? You know, it is or it is or or organic in the conversation. That it's not someone trying to finish my word because I'm stuttering. It's that 
that is the conversation because that is the cultural context. Yeah. So people think that when they finish your sentences as a stutterer, they're helping you. And we know oh, that. We know that's so not helpful. Not so just to <laughs> dispel that myth for anybody listening, what actually happens when somebody does that to you? Like what's the, what goes on in your head? Um, I, like there's so many things going on in my head because one is like, oh, if you just let me finish this, it'll come out. And then, and then I start like, oh my God, what are they thinking about me? What is this? And then like, okay, so once I had stuttered in an environment that was a multicultural me- meeting and like, I kind of thought that I was safe there and I thought that I didn't really have to explain this and I forgot that I did. Um, and so we we're talking about, you know, changing some di- diversity policies and microaggressions and stuff. And so I was saying something and it turned into, you know, it's a game show where, and this is totally my dyslexia right now. It's a price is right. It took me a second to pull that t- t- title out because on the price is right. Like, like the person is up there and they're trying to guess the price, but you have everybody in the background screaming at you, yelling, yes, screaming at you saying this, 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 this. And so for me in that environment where I was trying to say something and then I had like three people yell it out, I was like, oh, this is like the price is right. And this is so not okay. And I felt really safe here. And now I, and and it's, and it's not like this big threat. I I don't want to make it into this big thing, but it just gets to be like this kind of awkward thing. I was like, oh, I'm not normal. (laughs) And you guys reminded me of that. And I just want to live my life without anybody calling attention to something like and not and it's not even like when they because I, I I'm like I said I'm guilty of it I've done it before too so when you do that you like it is like playing a weird game show where you're like if I get, did I get it right is it the right word <laughs> like, like and for the poor person is like fuck off no <laughs> like or yes but also fuck off so like I'm learning I'm I'm learning to to not do that with the with the person that I work with we work we're working on a theater piece together and he has a really prominent stutter and for the first I swear for the first year that we worked on it every time we would see each other I would be like is it this is it this and he would be like no fuck off and so now I've like slowly learned to be like oh, okay okay like and yeah in our culture because we're we're a go go a go go a go 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 culture like you you're taught to just get the word out, get the word out fast, fast, yes. fast. And so, yes. like, does your stutter give you a chance to, like, slow down? Does it let you, like, does it give you a chance to do any of that or is it or not? Yeah, no, for me, uh, it's just, it's just, like, because I... I usually have a lot of ideas and I usually like kind of have to explain those ideas. And sometimes the explaining of those ideas can be cumbersome because of the dyslexia. The dyslexia sometimes will also cognitively overwhelm me that I think that I stutter more, um, especially when I'm saying something new. Because when I have a new joke, the dyslexia impacts me a lot because it's not on record, you know, it's not a natural uh, automatic thing. Yeah. I'm 
thinking about it. And then I think I stutter a little bit more because of the cognitive overload. That was a lot to unpack in an hour. We had that was a great conversation. I, I loved it so much. Um, one last question for you: What is one thing about your dyslexia and all your processing stuff, other than like the, the obvious ableism that comes with it? Because I am. What but what is one thing you really, if you could change something about your disabilities, what what would it be? Um, if I could change something, let's see. I think what what I would want to change is that, and this is more of an external thing, is I want a butler, you know, like 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 in the movie uh, author or uh, Arthur. Yeah, he yeah. had a butler who just took care of him, who like he didn't have to worry about cleaning, he didn't have to worry about all the executive functioning things. It's like I didn't have to worry about cleaning my car and cleaning my house and doing all these like extra things. Like I could get so much shit done, but I can't. Um, I'm not rich enough to maybe even if the book goes well, hopefully Oprah picks this up or something that I can now get a butler in my one bedroom rent controlled uh apartment in Oakland I totally would like in the jerk he had hired a butler for his apartment like I would like that is the thing is that if I had somebody to do that stuff then I could do the things that I'm really good at because I'm good at certain things I'm not good at the things that require the details of an everyday life Um, and I just want to do things that I'm good at and a butler would really help me with that. I think we all, I think all disabled people deserve butlers. Can you figure that out? Right? Could that be like a national? Right? Oh, we, yeah. Trump's going to go for that. Yeah. When, yeah. We, well, we, when we get him out of office and somebody, you know, decent in there and somebody decent on the Canadian side, too, like when that starts happening, can we let it, let's talk about that, disabled people? Let's make that part of our needs. <laughs> butlers for the disabled. I'm here for that. Yes. That's mm-hmm. what I want. Correct. Um, <laughs> This was such a fun chat, Nina. I had the best time. Thank you so much for taking the time today. Before I let you go, though, I want to I wanna have you tell people where they can buy the book, where they can get a hold of you, how they can book you. They can find me at ninagcomedian.com and stuttererinterrupted.com. And they can find the book at their favorite independent bookstores anywhere, 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 I think, anywhere. And also on Amazon. Um, And please, if you do... read it i would really appreciate a review on amazon and on goodreads because that's how people find out more about books so please um check me out in all those spots amazing one last question about the book will there be an audiobook at some point oh i i have to look into the funding for it uh, uh right now i'm not sure but maybe like in january i might do that and Comedians, they have um, a lot of flexibility in their audiobooks that it just doesn't have to be like, here, I am reading this audiobook. Instead, it could be more of a telling uh, of a story and even adding some bonus things into it. So I would really want to do it up well if I did it. Fantastic. So somebody with money, talk to Nina somebody- and Somebody. 
please, and please. And fund that because audiobooks are another accessible medium for people. Like I listen to most of my books on the audio because I don't, then I don't have to hold the book or I don't have to yes. like t- turn a page or I don't have to have it on the computer screen that hurts my eyes. So like. Well, and, and the book is going to be on Bookshare because I the uh, Bookshare is how I read all of my books and Bookshare.org, which you can download books and push a button and it reads it out loud. Um, but it's a voice like this, which I prefer over a person because I'm an old school dyslexic. Um, <laughs> all right. Yeah. So um, this was amazing. I had the most fun doing this. Thank you so much for your time today, Nina, and waking up so early to do this because it's like 8.45 there. So I know. Look at that. So, so early. Thank you so much. <laughs> You're the best. Um, You're the best. And I hope we can talk soon. Okay. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. Bye, Nina. Bye. All right, friends. That's another episode of Disability After Dark the podcast shining a bright light on sex and disability. My name is, of course, Andrew Gerza, and thank you so much for listening and helping the show go. I really appreciate that you all listen and that you come back every week, and I love doing it, and I love shining a bright light on these topics, so thank you. If you want to follow my work, you can head over to www.andrewgerza.com where you'll find my writings, some cool videos I've been in, and you'll see where I've been talking where I've been doing talks, and if you want to hire me to talk, you can do so there as well. If you want to follow me on the social media, you can put in all my handles on Insta, Twitter, and Facebook at TheAndrewGerza. If you want to follow the podcast specifically, you can follow us on Twitter at DisAftDarkPod, or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash DisabilityAfterDark. This show is a completely independent production. I literally record the show here in my bedroom in Toronto, and that's awesome. So if you want to support this fully independent program, you can head over to patreon.com slash disabilityafterdark, and you can pledge $1 a month to get the show early and get really cool perks like that, and I, I will give you a shout-out on the air, and thank you for your support. It would be super awesome if you could also leave a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you download your podcast so that this show, all about sexuality and disability, something we don't talk about enough, can get more traction and more people can hear about the show. Lastly, if you want to be a part of Disability After Dark, you can submit your suggestions, story ideas, or your minisodes to our email inbox, disabilityafterdark at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next time right here on the program Shining a Bright Light on Sex and Disability, Disability After Dark. New episodes of Disability After Dark will be available every Thursday on your favorite podcast app. Also available to Patreon subscribers one day early on every Wednesday. Thanks for listening. Copyright Notice Disability After Dark was presented, created, and produced by Andrew Gerza and Triple Content Creations, with music by Chris Ujiuchi. Any and all materials, including graphics, audio recordings, and music are property of the owner and cannot be used or distributed without express permission. 
Copyright 2019.